0: Kenzie Scott on line one. What happens when fundraising goes even better than expected? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Guy Fisher. Guy's the vice president of community engagement at Goodwill Industries of Michigan. Now, as we go on with this conversation, I want to be clear up front. None of this conversation minimizes at all the significant pain that all of us have felt, including in the nonprofit sector, caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. We know that some nonprofits have closed down. We know that people have lost their jobs. There have been salary reductions and salary freezes. uh, And we know there's been a considerable amount of pain caused by the pandemic. What we also know is some nonprofits have actually seen increases in their fundraising. As I've taught for the fundraising school, it is not unusual when I ask, what is your biggest concern about 2021 fundraising? For people to say, matching last year, because last year was so extraordinary. We, we busted through our goals. Our fundraising special event raised more money than ever before. And so that's the conversation we want to explore in the context of knowing that there are still challenges. And Guy Fisher and Goodwill Industries of Michiana have a wonderful story to tell. It's known nationally that Mackenzie Scott made several surprise gifts. And one of them, Guy, came to your organization in the form of an email. How did you respond when you rec- received that first email that there was this donor wanting to make a seven-figure gift, an eight-figure gift to your yeah. organization?
1: Well, um, honestly, Bill, not really well. Uh, <laughs> we, we struggled on two emails that uh, our executive received. Uh, Debbie Koble is our, uh, our Chief Operations Officer, CEO for Goodwill Industries. Um, she, she deleted both emails. Thinking it was some level of a Nigerian prince fishing scheme that we were going to be sucked into. Third email came through from someone different, and she thought she should pay attention to it. And so she passed it on for, to me to, to do some work.
0: So, two emails arrive. Somebody wants to make a major gift, multi million dollar gift. We delete those. The third email comes. You do some investigation. What did your investigation reveal?
1: Well, so I found out, first of all, the sender of the third email was legitimate. The agency was legitimate. And so I made a phone call and uh, had a great conversation, but uh, they were not allowed to speak to me. They needed to be speaking directly to, um, to the CEO. And so I passed the email back to Debbie and said, I think you should, you should call this one, boss. And we didn't hear anything more for probably two, three months uh, until December.
0: And I have to just wonder during those two, three months, every time you walk into the CEO's office and she's like, I thought you said this was legit. You know, it's been two or three months.
1: <laughs> well, so I think, I think Debbie got a little bit better feel from it after that initial phone call. Although she still didn't know the scope, the donor, she just knew that we were on someone's radar and, uh, but she was also sworn to secrecy and, uh, and she kept that, that secret. And so December the 15th, I was sitting in my office, uh, that morning, working on some paperwork and the knock on my door and I looked and it was the CEO and she said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Of course, my heart kind of goes up in my throat at that point thinking, oh, no, what went wrong? Because <laughs> sometimes that's what it is. And she walked in and she closed the door and she looked at me. And she said, I need to let you know as the development officer that we just received a gift of 10 million dollars.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty good day uh, yeah. and uh, you know, coming to fruition of all the negotiations. And we know as we record this podcast, Mackenzie Scott has donated, uh, estimated about $6 billion, many of them through these surprise gifts, through organizations she became aware of. Uh, some of them very traditional, well-known organizations like Goodwill. Some of them smaller colleges and universities, historically Black colleges and universities, organizations that don't always make the news in terms of receiving major gifts like this. So a lot of large gifts to a lot of destinations and guy, the the question now becomes, obviously that wasn't in the strategic plan. That wasn't in the fundraising plan. Let's get this, you know, $10 million surprise gift. And on one hand, be very easy for a nonprofit to say we're done our fundraising. We've been accomplished. Uh, Our goals we are successful. We can hit the pause button for a while. Or we can have a different reaction and say, how do we build on this and grow? What are you doing now that you have this surprise $10 million gift? What does that look like for your fundraising strategy moving forward?
1: So, Bill, yeah, that has been our huge responsibility on our shoulders. I, when we received the gift, we after we got past the initial shock, We took a step back and said, what's the best way for us to be able to utilize this resource to impact the the counties that we serve here in Northwest Indiana? And it would have been very easy for us to say, well, we want to do this, this, this all internally and have spent the $10 million. But we really felt as though this was not so much a gift to goodwill as much as it was a a, um, a gift to us to be good stewards for Mackenzie spot. In, in Indiana. And so we've embarked on a series, we're calling them listening tours, that we're leaning into many of the communities that we serve here in this part of the state, sitting down with not-for-profits, sitting down with business leaders and community leaders and asking them, how should we spend this money?
0: And so Guy, instead of hitting the pause button, it sounds like you're using this gift to see what you can do to expand your vision. And at the fundraising school, we teach that your number one tool is your fundraising case for support. You know, the case that you're making to individual donors, foundations, and corporations on why you are unique, why are you distinct, what impact are you having, how this donor's gift can make a difference. The fundraising case for support is based on the strategy. Uh, It sounds like what you're trying to do is say, how should we, can we expand our strategy to then drive additional fundraising instead of just pausing and exhaling because of this major gift?
1: Correct. So education and job training really are the two major pillars for us, ultimately leading to someone getting a job. So we want to make sure, first of all, we don't get mission drift with these dollars. It would be real easy to venture into other spaces that really aren't our wheelhouse. But if there's organizations in communities that are trying to get some work done in the same space that we are, why not work together and why not be able to bring our resources together? to be able to really have a greater impact. And then the third area is the business community as well. Goodwill is all about jobs and creating job opportunities for folks, getting the hard skills and the soft skills developed. Businesses are crying out for that right now. So we're hoping that by listening through these tours, by hearing the messaging that's out there, frankly, by hearing what somebody's hot button is, the ability then to circle back with them and talk about Our dreams and their dreams, and how we can dream together is what we're hoping to get done. Bill, you talked about fundraising goals. So I have been joked with, I think it's a joke about what are you going to do to beat last year? (laughs) Honestly, you know, it's one of those pennies from heaven thing. And I, I told my team repeatedly that, you know, you'd love to say that we solicited this gift from Mackenzie Scott, but I think the reminder has been to us that all the work that we do. We do not know where that, that conversation began. We do not know who Mackenzie Scott's team spoke with in our communities, but clearly, as the question was asked, who, who could be worthwhile or worthy of this gift, our name popped up. And so pretty humbling to be in that
0: space. It's an extraordinary story that does help reveal a consistent point that we always make. Running a quality program and creating awareness around a quality program That is fundraising. Uh, And obviously this particular donor, she became aware of Goodwill overall. And then your particular region, uh, Goodwill Industries of Michiana covering Northern Indiana, a little bit of Southern Michigan, a little bit of Northeastern Illinois. So it was running quality programming and having a strong reputation was the first step towards this gift. And there's a lesson in that for all of us, uh, even if we're not gonna receive that surprise eight figure gift uh, at the end of the calendar year. Guy, you were talking about the listening tours and staying consistent to the mission. Who are you listening to? Who are, what are some of the categories of people who are these external stakeholders that you're reaching out to?
1: So we have met um, to date with uh, community leaders in the not-for-profit sectors to be able to listen to, again, what their programming is looking like, some of their areas and ideas that they would like to expand into. Uh, We've begun the process of meeting with community leaders, so some government officials and such to talk about what are initiatives within those locales that that we could lean into. And then we're now leaning into the business conversations, the business owners, those who are the the bread and butter of the work that we do. Their businesses benefit from the product, our people, that we're getting ready to go work for them. And it has been really interesting. A lot of consistency is a theme of of what we're hearing across that board, Um, But again, it's unique and shaped by the the various communities that we're serving. So, you know, Warsaw, Indiana does not look like Hammond, Indiana, Um, but yet we are serving in both of those communities with our goodwill work. So again, trying to match all those things together and then come up with some ideas that are going to be consistent across that region is really the trick.
0: So many positives to this story, a significant eight-figure gift, a, a wonderful surprise. Uh, and then not hitting the pause button, but instead saying, how can we use this to expand our strategy and think even bigger? How do we look for even more partnerships and leverage this collectively for even greater impact consistent with our mission? Guy, the flip side of that is, and, and I'm wondering uh, if you've seen any challenges in terms of donors saying, you know what, do you really need my gift now that you just received $10 million from Mackenzie Scott? Do you really need my foundation grant now? Are you hearing that? Uh, and if so, or if you will hear that eventually, how are you responding?
1: I think it it makes Bill us, us more responsible in our asking. We have to be much more intentional about who we're going to and the kinds of asks that we're, we're making. The, these dollars that flowed in from Mackenzie Scott were unrestricted. We could spend them on anything that we wanted to. With our model, we are able to take care of our expenses. The stores pay for keeping the lights on and putting gas in the trucks and all of that work. So this is about not just an organizationally transformational gift, but a community transformational gift. And that's what we're shaping these conversations about. Goodwill can now bring this to the table to another foundation's dollars or to a corporate dollars and really now make it exponentially more impactful. And that's been the, the trick in the conversation. And we're still in the infancy with it. This just happened a couple of months ago. And frankly, we're not in any big rush um, to just spend it. We want to make great decisions and listen to folks before we make those decisions.
0: And of course, that larger enhanced strategy is also a great message for all other potential donors and donors, including those who might say, do you really still need my gift? as a matter of fact we do because we're approaching an even bigger strategy now we also know that while some people might think that gift crowds out other donations a gift from somebody prominent can also be a sign of legitimacy and lead to more donations from other people and higher donations if we use that properly so guy as we conclude again there, there may have been a, a nonprofit in 2020 you know they exceeded their goal by 5 or 10% or by 20% that you know because of covid they actually received more dollars what advice would you have for those nonprofits? So different magnitude, different scale, not $10 million, but still exceeded their fundraising goals nonetheless. And now they're thinking, what do I do as I move forward in 2021 and beyond? What advice do you have for your fundraising colleagues?
1: So the same day that we received that $10 million gift, we had uh, received a, a $20 gift from a little old lady that lives about 15 minutes south of us here in a small town. And and she had written a little note to us when we had opened the check and it said, My, I know this isn't much, but I'm trying to help. It, it's the widow's might, right? We, we received her best. And I think that while the Mackenzie Scott gift for us was obviously a huge, huge blessing, honestly, so was that note from that lady, because this is all about what are not-for-profits, what are we doing in our spaces in the communities. And so dollars will flow if you're doing the right things and i'm really a believer that the blessings will flow if you are being a great steward of the resources that you're giving so uh, it's consistency it's valuing the 20 million 20 million dollar gift did i just say 20 million dollars yeah 20 million dollar (laughs) gift the 10 million dollar gift to the 20 dollar gift they're equal in the impact that we're having on on people's lives
0: guy that is a tremendous reminder and amplifies a theme we are consistent with at the fundraising school that all gifts matter. All donors matter, regardless of the size of the gift, uh, and that we need to treat all donors in that way with wonderful dignity, treating each gift as special. Uh, And the story that you told there drives that point home so well. We need to remember the, the true meaning of this word, generosity. Both of the donors that we've talked about in this podcast were generous. They're generous in their own way, regardless of the dollar amount. Well, we'll look forward to hearing what happens with your expanded strategy. Thank you, Guy Fisher, Vice President of Community Engagement for Goodwill Industries of Michiana, uh, helping us to hear this fun story about a $10 million surprise gift from one of the wealthiest people in the world, but lessons that all of us can utilize uh, in our fundraising moving forward. Now, here at the Fundraising School, we have public courses. Uh, They are in-person. They're available online, both recorded and live, Uh, and they're available to you uh, whether you want to come visit us or learn through your laptop. Those public courses are also joined by custom training. We'll bring training right to your nonprofit, to your region, to your association, again, either in-person or online. We have these free podcasts. They come out once a week, and they're archived on our website. And don't forget about our quarterly webinars with which also give you a peek into successful fundraising techniques. All this is available on our website at philanthropy.iupuy.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Again, glad to have with us today Guy Fisher of Goodwill Industries in Michiana. Our producers today, Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.